Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And yet they still think that Biden is a lizard and Trump is the right choice. <laughs> In a lot of cases, it's like, come on, man, look, look at your life. As we just right. laid it out for you, it's awful. <laughs> Why well, you don't have time to? Even if Biden is a lizard, fine. Yeah, if he yeah. is a lizard, you don't have time to worry about that. You got to walk ten miles to the nearest grocery store. The lizard ain't your problem. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that LL Cool J keeps his formal paper boy hat on while he has sex. Forward when it's missionary, backwards when he's doing something a little naughty, and then sideways when he's letting his wife get in that butt. You know what I mean? Whatever direction it's facing, that's the type of horny LL Cool J is. That guy loves a paperboy hat. It doesn't matter how ridiculous he looks. He will keep the paperboy hat on. I am your host, Langston Kerman. I am, I'm excited to be here today. My guest, oh, what a guest he is. One of my favorite people on this here planet Earth. So funny. You know him from, from Sherman Showcase. You know him from, from Southside. You know him, more importantly, from the After Party show from Southside that we did together. It was called Cooler by the Lake, and it didn't get enough views because of Viacom and their goddamn paywall. But you got to believe it was the best thing he and I have ever done together, and we'll never get to do it again. He's hilarious. 
a dear friend. Give it up for Will Miles. Oh, shit. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) If you're out there, go watch the after show right now. (laughs) Go watch it right now. Turn off this episode. What are you listening (laughs) to this bullshit for? Cooler by the Lake's what you need to be watching. (laughs) Be the 12,001 viewer. (laughs) (laughs) I say once now also. That's right. I like that. I like that you've changed. And I like that about you. <laughs> You're a father and then you just threw out uh regular grammar. You like, no, I do it I do it different now. When you're a daddy, you can say, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think I said, Daddy, I'm I'm only being allowed to be called dad. That's my new my hard stance. Oh, you're not doing daddy. I don't think I want to do daddy. I'm like, you know what? It's got such a weird I don't want to like, you know. Right. So even a, when people are like uh, talking to her and they'll be like, your daddy. I'm like, no, 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 I'm her dad. Just take it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is a very formal relationship. <laughs> we handshake. All right. None of that bullshit. <laughs> I don't want her getting too familiar with me. This is, this is mostly business. I'm excited you're here today. You came to us with a a conspiracy theory that I think a lot of us have held for years. But, oh, yeah. But but so many of us, I think, are afraid to say it out loud because of what it's, it, it might imply about our own lives, about the things that we would lose in our own experiences. But you said, my mama told me. Fast food restaurants are strategically placed in the hood to keep black people complacent and kill them at a faster rate. Absolutely. It's without a doubt true. It's the one thing where you're like, you know what? That is categorically undeniable. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way to refute this. Right. Like liquor stores. Sure. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Gun stores, as Chappelle's joke goes, everybody knows that. But it's uh, fast food as well is where you're like, yo, the only food option is Burger King. What's going on? (laughs) Right. It's not even just the placement of them. It's the removal of all other options that makes it so fucking tyrannical where it's like, God damn, I can't eat nothing but McNuggets. This yes. Is, this is evil. Put a lettuce, like put a mixed. You seen that bougie ass salad <laughs> right. place? Throw a mixed over there. Put a mixed in Englewood. How about that? Yeah, let me just, <laughs> let me see what a tossed salad could do for my, <laughs> for my knees, for yeah. my backbone. Grilled chicken. Also... <laughs> Salads shouldn't be this expensive anyway. You know you're getting over. Make them reasonably priced in the hood. Sure. Like, let's be real. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah, yeah. let's talk a little bit about where this comes from for you. Because I think to your point, it's something we've noticed, right? You notice that you see it out in the world. When do you feel like you first caught wind of this? Or did somebody say it to you that then triggered your third eye opening on this shit? It's things you notice. It's, it's shit you hear adults talk about where you're like, Mm-hmm. can't get no good food around here and you're like oh, okay that's just something adults say every now and then right <laughs> <But> <laughs> then you're like you start to notice neighborhoods you go to because by like what six or seven we had moved to uh you know like a townhouse north side of chicago so things yeah. were a little bit different so we were like i got to see what you know restaurants are and everything so, yeah. <laughs> like, oh wait 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 you get to sit down in this one? Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, oh Sherry. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is like a, a real, this is every, every place is fancy when you're a kid. So you're like, yeah. man, any Applebee's is fancy. It's like, they got regular shit. 
Did you know they let you color on the napkins? <laughs> yeah. This place. This is something else. Bennigan's was the height of luxury when I was like, you know, throughout childhood. And you know what I was trying to explain to someone the other day is uh, Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to think Ruby Tuesday was like the fucking hell yeah. If you yeah. got to, if we got to go there, this was a big deal. They had like a, a more like a sexy salad bar than the other like uh, fast food or whatever, those buffet style yeah. restaurants and shit. And their fast food, uh, that was on like the, the, the promo items that they had. Mm-hmm. Like this, uh, look at our salad bar. Don't forget, we got a salad yeah. bar. Like, and listen, they weren't lying. That no. salad bar was something else. It was amazing. I had it as an adult. Me and Mike Lawrence went. <laughs> we, <laughs> we both had this job on some pilot that didn't go through, obviously. And we, yeah. you know, pilots don't go through sure. it for comedy situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that they just keep coming up in failed projects. It's almost like there's a there's a, a theme here. I wonder what could be the issue. Hmm. We, we, well, there's no way to unpack that. No, nope. this conspiracy theory podcast could never figure out what's happening with these Comedy Central projects. <laughs> like, so they always go halfway, and then they like, man, what happened? We were having fun, uh, but that was one of those shows where it was like, damn, we having yeah. fun. But we could kind of tell early in that one that we're like, you know, this probably won't won't be a thing. So sure. we we just started to take advantage of the lunch options around there. Yeah. And it was like Red Lobster, Ruby Tuesdays, and like uh, the counter, the burger spot. Mm, the counter's nice. good. It's delicious. Yeah. It was like we were in Times Square, basically. So we went to the Times Square Ruby uh. Tuesdays one day. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> that That needed its own context because that's... That is not the same thing as going to the counter in any other situation or the Red Lobster in any other situation. The the for those of you that have not experienced uh, Times Square at its, I guess that it's always, but it, it Times Square is is mayhem and chaos of nothing but people who don't know how to be outside in yeah. like public and all can sort of like meeting in a singular place to like destroy the goodness of America and American values. I mean, that's true. We've all done shows at Caroline's, the audience members do. <laughs> <laughs> they can be great, but they can also be a reflection of the neighborhood sometimes. Yes, so. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but it is like, yeah, it's dark. It's, it, a, it's a dance. There used to be prostitutes over there, which is weird. It doesn't even look like it now. Used to be. There's still <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> they just don't post up anymore they walk (laughs) they wear spider-man outfits right yeah it's a it's a prostitute dressed up like dora the explorer but and you just gotta know if you tap on the the skull twice she'll take that off and she'll take something else off too (laughs) she fucks like oh that's terrible no you finished the joke on this show you finished the goddamn joke on this show when she fucks she also looks in the camera and says do you like to (laughs) (laughs) that's there it is That's why we do it. This is the art. <laughs> okay, so you you start noticing sort of this trend of yeah. the fast food restaurants. 
I know in in your initial sort of like uh, theorizing or a conversation about this, you had a theory about certain restaurants in particular. You felt like some of them were more criminal than others in their in their behavior. Absolutely. And uh, one in particular, because so my aunt, my great aunt used to live on Stony Island, 66. So mm-hmm. we'd go around there and I'd see the food options and there's like, you know, there's docks, which is like a small fast food yeah. restaurant fish place. And then there's like a BJ's and stuff. And like, you know, that's actually new, but back then it was something else, but there, there's stuff around there, Harold's and shit that you're like, this is good fast food, but then it's the same thing, like the same exact restaurant that is so close to Morehouse, Spelman and Clark Atlanta university <laughs> in Atlanta that it, it, it became obvious it's criminal yeah is uh is popeyes because like why (laughs) first of all why is popeyes that good for one (laughs) sure (laughs) it's sure it's very clearly delicious chicken Mm -hmm. if it is chicken it's it's clearly not like you know regular chicken yeah and to that point you're light years ahead of your competitors right Mm -hmm. it's not like kfc is is right on your tail. And so you got to constantly be working on these uh, seasons, these herbs and spices to make sure that you're, you're able to beat out KFC. Nobody fucking likes KFC. Their chicken's wet when it's supposed to be dry. Nobody's a fan. And then churches, churches taste like the, the, the mistakes that, that uh, (laughs) KFC and Popeye's made. And then they just go and pick it up in a big, like a basket and then bring it back to their restaurant. So your competitors are out of the window. So why are you working so hard to make this delicious chicken? Constantly, like up until this year, it's like you guys could have taken a break, but you, nope, sandwich time. Like what? <laughs> you were already, a, it's like uh, Usain Bolt being like, let me get faster. It's like, come on, right. take it. <laughs> you beat it, man. You yeah. beat the game. What do you need to keep doing this for? I need to get 10 seconds faster than the next nigga. That's what I need. <laughs> like, no. But, and especially by Morehouse and, because uh, the thing is they put all HBCUs, everybody knows this, in the hood. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're in the middle of the hood as well. And it's like, you know, the, some of they will be some of the most powerful black people in the world at some point. Right now, they're just broke ass niggas from sure. other parts of the country. Could be Kamala. Could yeah, be could Kamala. Be. Look at Kamala. I mean, come on. Look at yeah. Kamala. And then, and then look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Products of HBCUs. We are important people. We are the same. Me and her. <laughs> I inspire people. Yeah, Will like, was also a cop at one point and uh, <laughs> takes a lot of pride in it. He's hey, really hey. proud of being a cop. Prosecutor. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was doing the good thing, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's one of the best food options in that area mm-hmm. by school. And it's where everybody always goes. I mean, they did the KFC scene in school days, but it's really Popeye's. Like oh, that okay. KFC is the other way, but it's it's also not very good. But the Popeyes yeah, yeah. is so good. The red beans and rice. Great. Fucking mashed potatoes with the Cajun gravy. First of all, Always anything, good. who doesn't love New Orleans? Everybody loves New Orleans unless you have <laughs> right. a severe <laughs> drinking problem. <laughs> New Orleans has never hurt anybody. <laughs> no, no. The hoodoos, it's got nothing but curses and voodoo, but everyone's sure. like, yo, I'm going to go every, every year. Hey, uh, who am I to miss out on the opportunity to be cursed by a strange lady? <laughs> So I will yeah. say that that I think I don't know that I grew up thinking that Popeyes was the most uh, egregious offender of of like sort of attacking 
black people, but I also think that that's such a regional thing that to your point, you're like re- referencing all these, you know, colleges, like the black colleges yeah. that you're, you're aware of. And so you're sort of like tracking it that way. And for me, it was like McDonald's was everywhere. It was like literally every direction I turned and White Castle. It was McDonald's and White Castle when I was a kid that like you you couldn't go without seeing a White Castle in the hood. That's true, too. There was White Castle near. Well, where we're from in the Midwest and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I think it is. uh, What's so crazy is McDonald's was so open about it. I felt Mm -hmm. like automatically they're showing all their cards. Yeah. Like, you know, it's hip hop in the commercials. It's black people only in the commercials. Like you're you're very clearly targeting yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to die early because of this but, but Popeyes was so like subtle because I don't even remember commercials as a kid too much like maybe they had the, I know they had the music yeah they love that chicken from Popeyes it's a great song come on yeah it's a good song and they had the they had that uh second line beat in it yeah. and you're like yeah I fucking do love the chicken from Popeyes it's so secretive that's why because they're just like selling New Orleans but really they know what yep. they're doing they're selling that chicken yeah. They're selling that chicken. And they, yes. And I guess I'm wondering, what do you think specifically is their plan here? Like, walk me through the actual, like, uh, maniacal steps that are transpiring in placing the Popeyes there and presenting it to black people through song and dance. (laughs) It it even sounds worse now that you say like that. Yeah, I I didn't help the situation at all. (laughs) By the way, Popeyes, I still would do a commercial for you any day. Of the week. Oh, I'll bite the, I'll bite this shit out of a biscuit right now. Send it here. I'll bite it. We've been known to do uh, sponsored um, videos. So look, any if it pays the bills, I'll do it. Yeah, we we did a sponsored ad for Old Spice. And I don't use that shit, but I'll, I'll pretend. I will pretend immediately for that check i was like hell yes let's do this (laughs) (laughs) i will wear it today and i didn't even wear it that day i just i I haven't worn it in 20 years (laughs) great ad though check it out it's on this is a great ad Uh, (laughs) yeah but no i think it goes so far back for this because i think i brought up too the black panthers did all that work to provide food for the hood Mm-hmm. And it, they've had so much uh, donations and everything. They provided food for beyond the hood as well. They like went around, so it, it became like more of a look at how we can live. Yeah, and, you know, people are always talking about like communism is bad and all that stuff, and it is sure in some cases. But the way they figured that part out, like socialism with food, shouldn't even be argued. It's like, yeah, why not? What What are we doing where some people live longer and some people? don't because of the food options they have so i think it's the government does has been designed i don't know if it's they're so open with it but it's been designed for years to keep one set of people down which is us (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) i like that you think the white listeners were at home and you're like maybe it's me maybe okay i'll hear them out (laughs) if you're if you're if you're white and poor you get strays but it's not Targeted I was about to you. say you're you're also the target. You just uh, don't know it, and sometimes are tricked into believing you're not the target. Exactly. Yeah. But I think so. That that always stuck out to me. Learning that about the Black Panthers, like, and the fact that they got shut down very soon after they started reaching, not shut down, murdered, and uh, sure, yeah, <laughs> murdered yeah, yeah. and vilified. So they, uh, <laughs> but that that was shortly after they started 
reaching beyond just the hood and as far as providing meals. Right. Yeah. I mean, to your larger point, one of the things that people often point out was like the finishing touch of like the Black Panthers was their free food program. Yeah. And that yeah. like the, they weren't angry at the idea of these guys. They pretended to be, but they weren't genuinely angry about these guys carrying weapons. They weren't actually yeah. afraid of this organization and their threat to overthrow the government. They genuinely were afraid of the idea of some version of egalitarian resources being spread throughout, you know, black and underprivileged communities, which meant that like, all right, we got to shut this down because that fucks up the algorithm that yep. we, we can't keep people in place the way we want to if their bellies are full. Yeah. And if you if most people have stock in McDonald's, it's like, no, no, no. Get these niggas out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, okay, I like what you're saying that this isn't even just like some, uh, because sometimes I think we blame things on the government and it's more specific than that. And I think what you're suggesting is it's corporate America recognizing that, like, oh shit, my McDonald's stock will drop if everywhere they start replicating free food programs. Exactly. I'll, I won't have McDonald's breakfast to sell anymore. Which means I gotta kill, uh, you know, three or Fred four Hampton, really yeah. powerful black men, <laughs> <laughs> and then make the rest of them go to jail or go crazy. Yeah, or become to... like weird, the weirdest congressman in Chicago history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's so targeted in that respect that it's like, man, and because they have these business models and structures set up for expectations so mcdonald's has this structure set up where it's like i sell this many cheeseburgers at this price mm-hmm. then my stock grows and all that shit is set up for ages so then this that little thing can throw all that off the little bit of like egalitarian resources can throw that off so much right like, well we've got money corporate pays for politics traditionally so you know person in office right. is like well now i control i don't control but the cops listen to me because i'm an asshole. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They listen to me. I'm a dickhead. It's fine. <laughs> so it's, yeah, all, okay. it's all a circle. Yeah, it's all like a weird circle of people we should not quite trust. I, I like where you're going here. We're So we're tracing this back to the money, which I, I always believe is is the thing that's sort of like leads to the bigger problems in the world right i guess i'm curious about your personal relationship with fast food like uh (laughs) are you a fast food person do you still have a relationship now knowing that now being able to point out the evil that you're recognizing yeah still go like are you like anti-popeyes or are you like somewhere in the middle i'm more in the middle in theory but i also am married and uh mm-hmm. <laughs> so being married in this day and age you're yeah. really not allowed to eat fast food <laughs> hey i hear you brother <laughs> yeah you know hey, hold on wait a minute so that's how they get you that's how they get you because <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not talking about they usually i'm talking about the white man when i say that this one i'm talking about those evil women who come into our lives and steal precious precious goodness from us mcdonald's is my favorite restaurant in the world 
<laughs> I don't give a fuck what they're doing to the black community. Get that evil poison in my body. Let yeah. me help poison my peers. I love it so much. And my wife now has created rules where like I'm not allowed to have it more than like twice a month. And, yeah. And and I'm miserable. Yeah, yeah, and it, but it's always for these reasons of like you know I want you to be alive for the baby, and it's like, <laughs> oh, your heart beats funny. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to stop doing that. The doctor said, "Please stop." But uh... <laughs> the doctor said you had weeks to live. Uh... <laughs> but it is so. Yeah, I, I don't eat it basically in the last seven years. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. to your point, your your relationships and the people around you ultimately are the thing that changes us. Right. That helps us start to be able to track, OK, this thing that I've I've mostly been leaning on because I didn't have any money yeah. or because it's all I knew or because I, you know, I, I wasn't taught that there were other options. Somebody comes into your life, be it your wife, your kids, whoever, and you start to actually think about this shit. Yeah. Big time. I mean, yeah. In so many ways, yeah. The unfortunate part, and this goes back to your original conspiracy theory, is a lot of us are put in positions where even if you're aware of it, there's not that much you can actually do about it because these restaurants are so peppered, so heavily peppered throughout our communities that like, all right, I don't want to eat McDonald's every day, but if I live without any other resources, what the fuck else can I do? Yeah. And it makes a lot of us be the, uh, you know, we're all different versions of the I got out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like, you know, you got to take more pages from people like Nipsey and be like, I got out, but I could be helping out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Of, I mean, especially when you go, when you lean more conservative, I guess you're, you're less likely to be like, also, let me go back uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and help yeah. them out, too. But right. Yeah, it it does become like this weird game of uh, I got out and now do I have any responsibility to help get other people out or do <laughs> I just stay the fuck out and enjoy my new life that that doesn't involve McDonald's? Vince Staples has this. Uh, I was telling somebody about it actually recently, but like Vince Staples did this interview that sticks with me. Uh, where he talked about how him and his family were so poor when he was growing up that they used to have to just split like a sandwich off the dollar menu every day. Yeah. They're like, yeah. that's all they would eat was like they cut like a, a hamburger in half or cut a chicken, a McChicken in half, whatever it was. And they would just eat that. And he said that now as an adult, his like body doesn't work the way it's supposed to that like he can't do certain things and physically he has pain in places and he attributes that to how much of his his youth was spent strictly eating McDonald's and so it's like fuck you know what I mean like maybe some of yeah some of it is just like doing permanent damage to us and there's nothing we can do about it because of the system that's been set up and they wonder why he's killed people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. But I mean, <laughs> we've heard his The music. man had to murder people. <laughs> he can't touch his toes because of all those McChickens. He literally has a song. I just heard the song with Reason. One of the lyrics is literally, all my niggas killed some niggas. <laughs> He and the subtext is, and the subtext is, McDonald's made me do it. <laughs> exactly. 
I love that. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Will Miles and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are back. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. That's that on that. That's that on that. Yeah, we're back here with more Will Miles. More <laughs> my mama told me. We're still talking about the horrors, the the tragic, the, the awful shit that these restaurants are doing in the black and brown communities. And we're hoping that there's a way to solve it. Do you think there's a way to solve it? Is there anything we yeah. can do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been uh, I'm a big fan of, first of all, our friend Kofi, who has mm-hmm. a community, community garden. Kofi Thomas, very hilarious comedian based out in New York and is uh, has for the past few years been working on uh, a community garden that he he basically like rebuilt by hand Incredible. from an abandoned parking lot. And yeah, it's his thing. And he's he's dope. It's great work. I'm totally biting his biting off of him and everything I, in terms of like shit I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, I'm an, I'm inspired by him. It's pretty crazy to be inspired by 
Yeah, six eight muscular nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in your mind is he six eight? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody <laughs> over six foot is six eight to me. <laughs> Kofi's like six one, and you're like. He gotta be like six, eight, seven feet. <laughs> that nigga tall, man. <laughs> Especially you got that guard now. <laughs> but I, I mean, like him, Ron Finley out here in LA. Yeah. Uh, he lives out uh, further west and he's got a garden over there. These community gardens. And if you watch Roy Choi's show on mm-hmm. uh, Taste Made, there's this black woman who started this uh, program where she goes and gets the veggies and shit from. Uh, these farmers markets and like she gets the leftovers kind of is what it is, oh. but she brings that to the hood for free. So she'll get the leftover like lettuces, but it's a shitload of lettuce and all the other like different fruits and veggies and brings that and has like her own farmer's market, but everything's free. That's dope. Believe, or very I, cheap. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean to that. And I, I imagine this is what it comes out of is restaurants throw away like literally tons and tons of, produce and food and and stuff every day because they technically you know because of regulations aren't allowed to keep things nearly as long as it seems reasonable to be able to keep things and so to that point you know if there's a way that we can create a space like what you're describing where that food that otherwise would be thrown into a trash can and wasted could now be helping to not only feed people but nourish them in a better way yeah we're we're moving in the right direction and it shouldn't just like these people always are the stories but i feel like it should be so um out there that there's no it's not like a story like you know the same way the first black everything is kind of it's awful if you really think about it it's like it's 2020 we got the first black anything it said so it's like needs to be permeated everywhere so that it can no longer be like, oh, look, at check out this community garden. It should just be like, yeah, everybody, every community has a community garden where you can go for free and feed. Like if Vince Staples had had that growing up, think about the type of person he'd be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, right. he's actually, he's, he's very nice, it seems, and he's, he's funny as shit, but it, I'm just t- talking about like, you know, his, he wouldn't have had to experience all the things he experienced maybe if he would have no, had No, 100%. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't have murdered people. Alleged, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, At least all of his friends did, so yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a space where that person can still be as charming and hilarious and talented as he is while simultaneously not having to go through uh, trauma to get there. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of us, too. I mean, so many of us have the similar experience so it's like yeah let's what if we didn't like even just being trained to eat mcdonald's the way we were Mm -hmm. because people got to remember we're older than super size me and i feel like that's when people started to veer away from fast food or be like fast food is bad before that i had never heard anyone say fast food was bad no i mean (laughs) they literally had to get rid of the super size side (laughs) of fries because they were like all right they got us they we caught Okay, you got us this time, American consumer, but we'll be back. <laughs> Maybe we'll make the large a little bigger than it was before. Exactly. Yeah. Force we you can, to die that way. We'll start introducing an extra small cup. It's like, uh-huh. I know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no extra small. The large is huge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's unpack some of this research because I think it's a bit of an interesting entrance, but as I was sort of like looking into the history of fast food in this country, the thing that that made for at least a 
a grounded entrance for this conversation actually ended up being the Watts riots. I don't know how oh, much okay. you know about the Watts riots, but it it was sparked by this dude, Marquette Fry, who was basically pulled over for drunk driving by the police, right? Which was like meant to be like this minor roadside argument that broke out. It ended up turning and escalating into like a full on fight with the police, right? But you know, I assume he got his ass kicked, but that's not like a a news story in America, right? Yeah, a black yeah. man getting beat up by the police. Definitely not but then, yeah. Not then, not now. Still not now, really, yeah. Tale is old this time. Yeah. But what what ended up happening was a bunch of community members who were either witnesses or uh, tangential to this this incident basically started spreading a rumor that the police had hurt a pregnant woman. That like Marquette, he basically had transformed in that game of telephone into a pregnant woman, which wow. then launched the community into like a civil war of like six days of complete unrest. Damn. I mean, I did not know all that. <laughs> yeah, it's all- apparently <laughs> it's all just a rumor that turned the whole thing into uh complete chaos chaos that basically le- led to 34 people getting killed uh 40 million dollars in property damage and then the national guard needing to be called in to uh a- eventually Jesus. like bring calm to this whole situation and so what that ended up what i learned from all of this right is that uh what everybody experts sort of say about the Watts riots is that it wasn't actually the incident itself that led to it right it was more a reflection of all the bullshit mm-hmm. that this neighborhood had been suffering through for a long time that like at this point in history two thirds of Watts residents had less than a high school education two thirds and one eighth of that group was totally illiterate and similarly it was only the only major city la was the only major city without an anti-poverty program and the mayor also refused a confidential offer of federal money meant for jobs programs so he's (laughs) full-on refusing to help like major groups of his own city even though every other city in america had already adopted these new programs to help you know these underprivileged communities good god we live in a trash palace yes (laughs) (laughs) la apparently has a rich history of being real mean to uh its black residents but so from that and this is where we get into the fast food of it all in 1965, President Lyndon Johnson basically, like, uh, in the wake of the riots, sends these officials from the Small Business Administration of California, or to California, rather, the, from the SBA to California, saying that they need to eliminate the deep-seated causes of the riots. So he's saying, like, mm-hmm. I need y'all to go in there and figure out what caused these riots on a more, like, grand, uh, uh, you know, community level. And I need y'all to get rid of whatever that is. I need you to figure out how to solve this problem so that riots like these don't break out again. And what the SBA people do is they come up with this conference in 1968 where they encourage black people to basically discover business ownership through franchising and mm-hmm. specifically through franchising in fast food. Thus, he introduces fast food chains as like a permanent staple wow. to not only black 
communities, but black business ownership as like your way out of yeah. poverty and loss and, re, you know, limited resources and shit. It's just keeping it going, though, because in their in what their mind is probably going and in their what they would call defense, you are going to definitely make money putting fast food in in a community 100%. without food. It's like, yeah, you're, you're going to be so rich and you're going to be able to spread that wealth. But for what at what cost? <laughs> yeah. And and even to take that a step further, right, you're going to be a certain type of wealthy compared yeah. to what you were, but you're not actually going to be rich if you own a McDonald's, right? right. You right. franchise a McDonald's. But those people who run McDonald's, who corporate for McDonald's is fucking, they're making stacks every time a franchise opens. Yep. Nobody takes a loss on the McDonald's side of things. It, it's the, the individuals who are in charge of the McDonald's that might potentially lose in this scenario. So McDonald's wins. Meanwhile, these communities are basically being just stuffed with yeah. toxic, you know, <laughs> meals. Chemicals, and, unchecked, yeah, ex- exactly. uh, nutritional facts. Yeah, exactly. So it goes even further because the Office of Minority Business Enterprise, established in 1969, aimed specifically to establish 10,000 new minority franchises over two years. And technically, this program was open to different sectors, meaning like you could have franchised some shit that wasn't food related. But in reality, black franchises were more likely to be in fast food than any other franchising sector. So they like really pushed black people into the fast food set like sector of things. They knew what they were doing at that point. You got uh-huh. to think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like at first we're like, yeah, but you look at what it will do for your community. But now it's like, and also we do want to like kill you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're not into you being here so much. So also take this scrap food again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like four years later. Y'all are calm now. Now I'm going to kill <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> here's where it gets even more sinister and this part i didn't know this is i mean i didn't know a lot of this but this part really like blew my fucking mind is that based off of research it's basically been proven that pound for pound in 1965 the dietary surveys revealed that african americans were more likely than their white counterparts of the same like wealth level right to meet dietary recommendations for fat fiber fruits and vegetables so in 1965, black people are, in fact, eating healthier than their wow. white counterparts. And then when they compare those same uh, groups in ni- by 1996, the opposite was true, that like we had completely flipped positions because of the introduction of fast food in, in a sort of like overpopulation of fast food in black neighborhoods. That is... Uh... <laughs> Come on, man. Make a joke. Make this funny. Hey, (laughs) hey, man, that shit hilarious. (laughs) Come on, man. Make the hurting stop. Yeah. (laughs) Good God, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it goes so far deep into it. I mean, yeah, because that's that's why we need to go back to that shit, because I feel like before that it was gardens and shit going on. I mean, Mm -hmm. it had to be in L.A. L.A.'s perfect weather to grow gardens and to think about how many people have nice yards here it's the whole reason everybody from not la is always like why are you guys you know mad yeah (laughs) (laughs) you've got great weather and amazing uh 
yard space everybody right does. so it's like in la even the the murderers speak properly like it's <laughs> it's you just got time to be a peaceful person before you kill a bird you know what i mean like it's, yeah. it's a different energy here but i do think to the greater point i think it's it's two things right i think it's twofold i think community gardens probably existed i think yeah. there was some version of sort of like communal feeding and eating all happening mm -hmm. but then on top of that i think you just have much more control over what you're actually actually taking in when you're not eating fast food yeah, that yeah like you're at, cooking at, yeah if i'm cooking even if i over season my food it still is probably healthier for me than yeah. if i go to mcdonald's where they are using chemicals to fry something faster or make it puff up in a way that like humans aren't really supposed to consume but it looks good for the eye and the picture and makes it feel like the meal that it's supposed to be and which is especially true of chickens by the way mm -hmm. which is part of my issues with the, the chicken restaurants but it's like yeah those breasts are not that big so. oh. <laughs> hey and i love a big titty but that's not those titties ain't supposed to be that big or no not that many too you ever had like real chicken it's like damn i wish i had more meat because i'm used to fucking popeyes all right yeah real chickens yeah. are uh bar there's barely anything there yeah even like a Roscoe's, you're like, this looks like not a lot of food, but mm -hmm. it's like, no, this is actual chicken though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. These wings are uh, not radiated into like some Frankenstein of a monster that you then like cut up and put into a nugget. Yeah. This is real meat. And it's all it's all habit forming too, because like back in the day, the habit was to cook your own shit, and the habit was like, you know, because nobody has time, and I I know poverty ran rampant after a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. country hit like these these downs but it's like that that probably played into the fast food even more because now you're like yo in order to make enough money i i need more time i don't have the time i'll cut the time that i cook so fast food works yes and i think it it happened exactly like that i think fast food became this thing that people promoted as a way of basically helping to feed your family in an effective way if you're a working class person. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, they created this sort of image of black ownership in their own communities. Yeah, yeah. Up, up until that point, black people are sort of like oppositional at, and that's sort of a soft way of putting it, of white <laughs> people coming into their communities and building like, you know, businesses and franchises yeah, yeah. that they would basically like at times even boycott the idea of like a white person coming in and creating some shit. And so what these corporations figure out is like, no, nah, we'll let black people own them and then we'll mm -hmm. collect the bigger profit from it yeah. while they simultaneously kill themselves. It's, it's a perfect sort of uh, magic trick of like murder. And they wonder why like black people are so skeptical of the government when it's yeah. like we've every, every gift it has the worst other side. Yes. <laughs> the gift of uh, all this black ownership has the the darkest dark side ever. Yeah. In terms exactly. of how it's affecting my entire community. Like this small community of people who gets these businesses, that's up. That's great. And right. then it's like <laughs> it it's inspirational. It it helps in a, in a lot of ways, but it's also like, but look at the overall community is gonna hurt for generations now. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think that is important for our listeners to understand because I do sometimes think 
Uh, I've had a few white listeners sort of push back at at uh, how much I blame the white devil for everything that's <laughs> happening. And <laughs> I think it's important to understand that it's not me saying that, like, when Lyndon Johnson goes and says, hey, fix what's happening in this community, he is, in fact, like sitting back, twiddling his fingers together, like and murder them all. I don't right. think that that's how that worked. I think uh, to the the earlier point that we made is he went and said, hey, can you fix that? And maybe we can give a gift of some kind to help resolve this problem. And then corporations get involved. Money yes. gets involved in yes. those gifts. And it starts to be an effort to cook the gift into profit and that's where murder and mayhem and sort of like the dastardly deeds come to be that even goes over to like police because then it used to be community policing and then they were like here's the gift of more police to like help you feel comfortable also they're going to come from a completely different area where they don't even have people who look like you mm-hmm. so they're going their first thought is you're danger no matter what you look like. <laughs> exactly. And we we aren't going to do any version of vetting to see if they have any sensitivity to the community that we're yep. now placing them in. We'll just put them in there and you'll feel better because we put more police. And maybe that instinct was coming from a good place, mm. but it's so blind to the actual needs of this community that you're actually putting in a fucking poison. You're putting in something yeah. that's going to make things worse. And, that, and that's the entire crime bill in a nutshell yeah. <laughs> but, you know biden and biden all that crew they were uh-huh. all like this is a good thing and right. then it's like but it's not because yeah <laughs> but you don't know that because you're an old white man even then yeah. so it's like he's yeah. like listen i like police i like sniffing hair how can we <laughs> combine the two how can yeah. i help black people feel more comfortable so that they can sniff hair in their own communities that's why it's that gift of like here's a gift and it's like black people's response every time is okay yeah yeah all right right like, you're not excited no 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 I, I i'm taking it with a grain of salt like yeah here's a gift you got the first black president okay okay it's it's gonna be far worse in eight years <laughs> so so here's where i think to that point the gift sort of like loses control and becomes just sinister right is that by 1990 according to research mcdonald's burger king and wendy's dedicated one-fifth one-fifth of their radio and television advertising budget to black audiences wow yeah that was noticeable yeah, <laughs> right. That's when you see them breakdancing. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Nigga, this chicken. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and when I started hearing hip hop uh, McDonald's ads, I was like, something changed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Bitch, I'll karate kick for some fries. And it's like, all right, man, this ain't as not what we signed up for. But one nope. fifth, we make up 13% of the American population, and you're dedicating 20% of your advertising to us that there's something fucked up here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It goes even further that in 2012, a Yale study found, this is Yale University, this ain't uh, Yale Community College. 2012 Yale (laughs) University study found that the fast food industry disproportionately targeted black and Latino children in its advertising. So not only are y'all going for the grown folks, you're going for the fucking kids at a Mm -hmm. disproportionate rate because, to your point, these uh, restaurants are the only things available and subsequently the thing that they know they can profit the most from. Exactly. Why do you think that Door Explorer campaign for McDonald's was so big? (laughs) They knew what they were doing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 
right. If she's going to be their representation, we're going to mix some uh, barbecue sauce into that and see what happens. <laughs> I also feel like, you know, that's uh, w- like the first hip hop ads with like actual rappers. I feel like they were McDonald's mm-hmm. or some sort of fast food where you're like, oh, that shit, they got fucking because you're excited. You're like, oh, shit, they got yeah. this guy. They're actually listening to what the community wants, putting uh, this rapper in a commercial. But really, they're like, yeah, we've some money in that. Motherfucker. We don't care. A hundred percent. You think you fucking push your tea made. I'm loving it. Like, yeah, yeah. It, he didn't have to. They didn't and, need him. And Arby's, by the way, Pusha T is the is the his song is both the Arby's theme. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, it's a song by like somebody named Bowers and shit, and push but featuring Pusha T. So he gets Byron Bowers and Pusha T. (laughs) (laughs) But he's he's my favorite uh, rapper businessman because he's that's such low key money. That's my favorite. Oh no, he didn't get paid shit off that. Off of what McDonald's? Off McDonald's. He but Arby's he gets paid. I think. Oh, does he? Because he doesn't see any residuals on McDonald's. I know that for a fact. That's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, it's real fucked up. They basically offered him like a one-time check. Oh right, uh, that is it. But it was like two million bucks or something. Which no, you're thinking of Jason Weaver and the Lion King. Yes, yes. Where they offered him a million dollars or some investment in the film, and he picked the investment because his mom was like smart and figured it out. Yeah. But no, Pusha T like got like 60 grand and uh Ooh, that's I'd be it. hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he keeps cussing out Drake. Yeah. Nigga, nah, I I put in work and you think I'm going to let some light-skinned bitch make fun of me? No. <laughs> the fuck out of here, Drizzy. <laughs> Call also, your son. I, Feed him McDonald's, you bitch. That's my favorite beef because Drake keeps trying to put out records that are like pushy you didn't really drug deal. And mm-hmm. nobody's listening to him because they're like, yeah. nah, I've seen Pusha T. That nigga drug deal. <laughs> <laughs> right. He got straight back braids to this day. That motherfucker sold drugs. <laughs> You're not, I'm not buying your lies, Drake. <laughs> he, he could have receipts and I'd still be like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, we've seen your white baby, Drake. This, yeah. is, this ain't that. So the last thing that I'll say about all of this, and this I I think goes to the larger point and the larger issue that I think a lot of people are currently facing. And I think we'd be remiss to have this conversation without bringing it up, but food deserts. So food deserts are a huge reason that these fast food restaurants end up being the only resource that these people have. Because many people at home might be saying, well, why the fuck won't you just go to the grocery store and cook food? And the reality is, is that the Department of Agriculture reported that in 2010, that 23.5 million people in the U.S. live in food deserts. 23.5 million people, meaning that they live more than one mile from a supermarket in urban or suburban areas and more than 10 miles from a supermarket in rural areas. Jesus Christ. That's, I mean, yeah, because you're not walking to anywhere past a mile anyway. Right. How could you? If you have to feed a full family, how could you carry those groceries back that far? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're 10 miles away, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. You ain't saying nothing. If you're 10 miles away, I don't even know what your life is like. (laughs) Right. In a city, you're always one to two miles away. But <laughs> real yeah. life, I mean, it's like, yeah, you probably drive down a country road or something. I have no clue what your whole life. I don't be. I couldn't even imagine. And then to your earlier point, sort of about like the the Black Panthers of it all. This also yeah. these food deserts also refer to food pantries. 
which is basically mm-hmm. like something that's government funded to help provide food for the population. But those pantries are based on population density, which means that the people in rural areas are even wow. less likely to live near any kind of resource to help them because of, you know, the amount of people that live in their community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't figure it out. I got the best things available. It's like, well, yeah, but it's 12 miles away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back with more Will Miles and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm under the water. Please help me. You're too much reading. Yeah, we're back here with more Will Miles. More my mama told me. <laughs> we're still talking about uh, food deserts and poverty and delicious, delicious McDonald's. What was <laughs> what was that quote? On that? I don't know. Welcome back. In that, uh, that voice. <laughs> Sometimes I just scour the internet for things that make me laugh. And it was a man uh, talking about too much drowning and uh, it just cracked me up. So I was like, that's going to be a drop for me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to wow. do it for your boy. All right, let's get into this game. I have a a brand new game that I would like to introduce today. 
And this game is called uh, Langston's Mother-in-Law Tanya Tells a Story About Her Alien Encounter. Mother-in-law. It's a great game where I'm going to play a clip from uh, my mother-in-law, Tanya, and I would just love to get your reactions as she tells her story of a time where she and her sister encountered what they believe to be an alien spacecraft. I love it already. Hell yeah. Here we go. <laughs> this was in late 2003. Sharon and I were having the houses built and we were coming to look at the progress of the house, of my house at this time. Mm -hmm. So we go across the other side of the street to see those houses and see how that neighborhood is coming along. And coming back across the street, we're stopped at the corner. And as we're sitting there, and I am in a Honda Accord, and I'm talking to Sharon. She's in the passenger seat. I'm talking to her. And she says to me, look. She says, look. I look out my driver's side window, and there is, for lack of a better description, a silver grayish object alongside my car, I, right out my window, right? I can look at it. Um, it's right there. All right. That's the first clip. Damn. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling after hearing that? Who is Sharon? No. <laughs> <laughs> what's Sharon on I'm trying, to, I'm trying to hear more about Sharon I ain't never seen no ugly Sharon so. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of true uh, I don't know uh, <laughs> it sounds like she really actually well, first of all where is this is this a this is in like the suburbs of Baltimore yes, that's what yeah. I was going to say it has to be a place where it's not well even Baltimore is a place where they won't believe you if you say uh -huh. you saw aliens. So that plays a big part in this. Yes, it's like absolutely. Yeah. That's why all the inter and Men in Black touches on this a little bit. That's why they always go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, documentary Men in Black. Uh, they covered this a bit, <laughs> a little bit, but that's why all the interviews that you always saw in the Inquirer is like this person on the farm, this person mm -hmm. in a place that's low, that's uh. The government clearly doesn't care about nobody yeah. has any idea what they live like. Nobody knew what anyone lived like in Baltimore till the wire. And then we're, everybody's like, <laughs> I, I hate it for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to your point, because they were in sort of like uh, the suburbs of Baltimore, and this specifically is like an area that they were like building new homes in. Yeah. Like, uh, her Sharon is her sister. They both got like some of those new, you know, properties built in the, like this area that the whole thing was just nothing for a while. And then they yeah. built up some houses. So to your point this is a pretty open, empty space that like, you know, they're attempting to put land on. And so maybe an alien would stop by here because ain't nothing else going on. I, I think it happens. Well, first of all, let me say I'm a believer. So I think it happens. Uh, I think you happen made that these... clear from the first, <laughs> your first reaction. You were like, this is stupid. You were like, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it. that's, you know how Bill Murray supposedly will like just see regular people and be and act like, hey, it's what's, what's up? It's me, Bill Murray, mm -hmm. and do some shit in there. I think he always says like, no, but none of nobody's going to believe that I did. Yeah, that. no one will ever believe you. Right. Like I had a drink with Bill Murray 
literally where he told me the Cubs were going to win next year and they won next year. But it's one of those things where I was out. Wait, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out oh, somewhere shit. at a party. <laughs> Bill Murray stumbled into that party and, and was like, I, I thought I you meant say. you were giving an example. You're dead no, serious. No, no, no. This actually happened. And then, Holy shit. <laughs> but it's one of those stories where I was, first of all, I was drunk and high. Yeah. And I, and it was other, it was like Don Glover was there. It was a party I probably shouldn't okay. have been anyway. It wasn't was like, without the possibility of Bill Murray right. coming in. I got But it, it didn't, but Donald Glover at the time, it, it did not seem like, you know, he, this was before Atlanta was big. So it was like, maybe it had just, or was still about to come out. So he was mainly, yeah. he was a little bit popular from rap, but only in college towns. And right. so it was like, I got you. He, uh, he was the biggest person there at the time. And then maybe like some actors, it was somebody's birthday. But then as Bill Murray walked in, all of us were looking like, is that fucking Bill Murray? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody like pushed their hand in Donald's face. Like, is that, is that Bill Murray? What's yeah, he doing yeah, here? Yeah. And I don't, nobody really knows if he knew the birthday boy or anything. Everybody I've talked to afterwards who was there is like, he was there, right? And then he, I saw him pull up and Jason Burke is a huge fan. So Jason Burke went up yeah. and was like, let's get a drink with him. And so I was there for that. So then we grab a drink and I'm like, I cannot believe Bill Murray's in front of me right now. And he's right. like. To your point, that's what those aliens might've been doing. They're <laughs> yeah, just pulling exactly. up next to their car being like. Bitch, ain't nobody gonna believe you. And then zooming <laughs> off. Yep, yep. And so, and I heard there's a lot of people who do like uh, who else does that? Somebody else famous, probably Lakeith. It sounds like some shit, Lakeith Sanfield. Yeah, Lakeith I've never Lakeith. heard it from Lakeith, but it sounds like a very Lakeith. Yeah, kind of decision. You just pull up and we're like, nobody's gonna believe you. So what's up? Hey, yeah, this, exactly. isn't this crazy that you saw me? The aliens have been doing that probably for years. I love. That. And the people they check is always like, all right, truly nobody's gonna believe you. So yeah, <laughs> except I'm not saying that about your. <laughs> Generally, I, I don't know that I believe her. <laughs> let's play exactly. some more of this audio yeah. and let's let's see what else you you take from it. It is level with my car. Mm -hmm. It has no windows, and you don't hear a thing. And it's low enough. The front of it that I see is like an oval shape. And before I know it, it goes across the street. Now this time I can see. Fully, it looks like a blimp. There are a few houses right at the corner. It goes above those homes. And I'm saying to her, I said, do you think there's an a airfield back there? Because behind her house, it's a wooded area. And I said, I said, do you think there's a landing strip over there? She said, follow it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> there's one more after this, but that, that's where she leaves off. How are you feeling? How much of this are you... Uh, you feeling like certain that this is an alien spacecraft now? Are you more certain, less certain? I feel like I'm a little less certain, but I am certain that it is. If you go to like the Roswell tapes and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had access to aliens for a number of years because they've been living here mm -hmm. being studied. So I do think there's those areas near military bases. And I believe there's one near Baltimore where they house aliens underground yeah uh for research mainly they just can't tell us yet i guess because we're supposed to panic mm -hmm. but i did hear that was why they made et also to be like just let's see let's gauge what it would be like if we introduce an alien to the world oh like a uh like a soft opening of yeah like yeah. the alien restaurant is et <laughs> Yeah. And all these alien movies so that like, all right, we've talked about it. Now, when we tell you about the real shit, you won't be like hyperventilating at the. Idea. Yeah. 
It was like it's not coming out left field, and it was <laughs> ET was to be like they could be friendly. We don't know, yeah. yet, but if and so they are, in that conspiracy yeah. theory, Steven Spielberg is a consenting uh, member of whatever party is is introducing ET, or is he just given a script and then they're like, uh, "Hey, hey, make this," but we, we yeah. won't tell you why. I think it is a little bit of everything. I don't know. I don't know how much he knew when he was writing it. I don't know if it was a situation I'm finding out now. <laughs> where there are, or maybe it was an open writing assignment and they hired <laughs> the government they hired him to do it <laughs> and they were like hey we're gonna need an alien script. <laughs> yeah i honestly it could be no I, I didn't know that was a thing until very recently uh, but i'm like oh sometimes they have the idea and you have to fill in the blanks but i'm like okay so i wonder if that was a open writing assignment that steven spielberg took under his belt and was like this would work and uh so I don't know how consenting he was in the process, but I do think, yeah, they, the government probably paid the film student to be like, of all the things that are coming in right now, make an alien. Oh, uh, this is priority number one type. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. you. I see where you, I see your again, vision, money. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Cause that sounds like one of those things that came from a base and was going like, they were testing it out in the streets yeah. in, an area, in an area that was kind of vacant. So they were like, yeah, hey, let's see. Oh, so wait. So in your mind, there's a possibility that aliens are not um, are not piloting this anymore, that this is like American soldiers or people piloting a thing that they've now taken from alien uh, yeah. visitors. I think that happens. And I think I also got that from X-Files where that might actually happen. But, OK, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another documentary. I love X-Files. <laughs> Okay, let's listen to this last clip and we'll see what where you land on everything. It's really very quiet. Mm-hmm. The windows are up, but I don't see any traffic or anything. So we go across the street trying to catch this thing. As it goes over the houses, I have to follow the street and go around the curve to where it is. We see it go over the houses and we get around there and I'm, I'm speeding around there and nothing is gone. I drive behind the wooded area, the reserve. I drive behind there to see if we can see anything because you can see behind the houses. There's no clear area for something like that to land. First, we were like, well, where did it go? Where did, you know, where did it go? If it's not back here, where did it go? Because behind the wooded area is a street and some more home. So I guess it just dawned on us. And what else could it possibly be? It literally disappeared that's it that's wild thoughts where where, what are you feeling now i feel more more into the idea that it could be the government testing alien equipment yeah i'm very in also you gave big son-in-law energy with the mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 that is that is a mother-in-law telling a story to her son-in-law yes response for sure. Oh, For I sure. wanted her to be able to get it all out, but I also wanted to be <laughs> polite and patient as uh, she's telling the story. If it was any one of my friends, I'd have been like, all right, get to the meat and potatoes yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But with, with, with her, I got to be a little more respectful, and she's a lovely woman, so I would of never course. want to disrespect her. As is my mother-in-law. <laughs> I love her. There's definitely, you do definitely hear more stories as the son-in-law, though. Because yeah. it's also like being intro to the family, you're you're now the new ear. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, you haven't heard any of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. all right, I tried these bits on these idiots and they didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah. But now I got a new audience. So here we go. <laughs> and I'm just eating it up. I'm like, yeah, all right. The same way you were. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me more. Keep going. Yeah. Talk that talk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's I think it's probably a government uh either testing it out or even if the alien's driving, it's probably it's government watched. I love that. So so there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I believe that we've nailed it. We've resolved that that spacecraft was being piloted by American <laughs> soldiers who had stolen it from an alien and are now testing that equipment to see if it's somehow usable. And uh, apparently it's not going that well because this was a decade ago and <laughs> they still ain't uh, released that new uh, silver blimp for us to be flying around in. But maybe someday. What I didn't tell you was one of, one of those soldiers was Elon Musk. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a young man, a young bald man by the name of Elon Musk was flying that plane. And he spent all his soldier money on a new scalp, on a new head of hair. So we've made no progress. Well, can you tell the, the people at home where they can find you? What cool shit you have going on? Um, at Mr. Will Miles on everything. MR MR <laughs> why the you long get breath sad? <laughs> I was like oh I hate social media but on uh, everything except when I'm good at it then it's fun but yeah <laughs> when I have a viral tweet it's sure. great but <laughs> when people are retweeting it's the best and then when <laughs> nobody responds to you it's like ah oh, this is toxic we sh nobody should be on here <laughs> it's my general back relationship in, with back it. in my day kids went outside <laughs> Ah, this nigga ain't getting no retweets in months. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> but yeah, miss, and my website is now Mr. Will Miles, but the Mr. is spelled out. So M I S T E R. Oh, All right. Will All Miles. Right. Yeah. There you go. All right. And, well, uh, please. Everything on television I've written for. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's not untrue. Will has written for a lot of television. Uh, the stuff you love and the stuff you hate. Will wrote it. Yep. <laughs> And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And please, if you have any drops, if you have any videos, if you have any conspiracies, if you have any voice memos you would like me to hear, I would love for you to send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and it could end up on the podcast. Uh, this was a lovely time. And uh, bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>
Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.